Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome into the Denver Stiff Show. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. It is Wednesday night following some glorious preseason ugly scrimmage play that we saw from the Nuggets today. The first basketball that we have seen in over four months. We are pumped. We are excited over here. It's been a little bit of time since the game has happened. Uh, we, we took some time to kind of recollect our thoughts and, and get a cold towel after whatever that was that Bull Bull just did. Uh, we are joined, of course, Jenna Garcia, the social media director of Denver Stiffs, Gordon Gross, senior writer of Denver Stiffs. Jenna, I'll start with you first. How are you doing and how are you handling that scrimmage? I think... Today might be the greatest day of my life, Ryan. (laughs) No hyperbole or anything. (laughs) No, I am dead serious. It's definitely the greatest day in like the last 200 some days, right? Whatever, I don't know. 100 something. Yeah, 200 days. Like it's, it was amazing. There was Rockies games scrimmages yesterday and today. There was... Nuggets scrimmages, I just like felt so much happier. Like I was just spitting out all these great tweets. If you don't follow me, you should because they're pretty amazing. Um, but today I was on fire. Like my Twitter notifications <laughs> are blowing up. So you know I was giving out the good stuff today. That's I'm right. definitely on cloud nine. Gordon, uh, same question to you. You're both a fan of uh, basketball as well as baseball, probably more so baseball than anything. Uh, With the Rockies in the background over the course of the last couple of days, the Nuggets finally taking center stage. How great was this day for you? It's been interesting having sports back, man. Like, I'm just... I'm glad that the NBA, especially, they ran all their tests. They, They showed that there doesn't seem to be any corona. They're having... You know, everybody's testing negative, the bubble's working fine, and they're out here able to play basketball. And that's all anybody could want if you're going to restart the season. So it was great to see some actual basketball, something that looked like basketball anyway, um, despite the no-guard look that the Nuggets started the game with. Um, but no, I was, I was thrilled, man. Just absolutely glad to be able to see all the guys back on the court and having a good time. Leave it to Gordon to take it somewhere that like that's supposed to be what I do, Gordon. Talking about social issues, my being bad. like <laughs> bilingual, Latina, <laughs> woman in sports. That's like my ter- territory, and I'm over here like I'm so human. I love the sports. Give me more sports. Like freaking out. <laughs> and uh, sometimes all of this has done some crazy things to people, and and not having sports in our lives has really left a hole, I think, it, and whether that has been filled by other things or not still remains to be seen. I'm glad we were able to focus on major social issues during the last few weeks, during the last few months. Uh, but 
the the sound of the ball hitting the court, uh, guys shouting in the gym, just just making plays. It, it was just so different today, and and I was really happy to be a part of it. Really happy to watch it with everybody. And what we got to watch was possibly the most incredible starting lineup I have ever seen in my entire life. The Nuggets today rolled out Nikola Jokic as the starting point guard. Jeremy Grant and Paul Millsap are what I'm going to be calling the wings. And then Bull Bull making his professional NBA debut starting at power forward for me. I guess we people have been saying he's starting at small forward, but he's taller than uh, than Paul Millsap by a lot. Uh, and then Mason Plumlee at center. The, it was the largest lineup I think has ever been played in an NBA game ever before. Uh, Gordon, let me go to you first. What did you make of Bull Bull today? I loved what I saw. Now, people are going to, like, there seem to be some people who are, are trying to pull the brakes on the ball ball train and saying that he doesn't have, you know, that the defense wasn't there. They're playing a zone in a five-big scheme in the first scrimmage in, like, five months. I don't want to hear about it. Like, <laughs> what you're looking for is some glimmer that he can be an NBA player and a contributor in a rotation. And he showed that. That's that's not a problem for him. You know, he, right. he had a bunch of blocks. He had a bunch of rebounds. He's out there, um, you know, shooting pull-up threes from deep and hitting them. Um, all sorts of, of great, great things to watch from Bull. So no one's going to slow me on this hype train. You know, no, he's not going to be a contributor in the next, you know, couple of months. But watch out. Like, I'm very, very happy he got on the court and was able to show that despite not ever having played with Nikola Jokic, for instance, um, and working as a very strange wing-big hybrid, he worked just fine. He had no fear. And and I really enjoy athletes in an unfamiliar situation who, who just don't give a shit. And that was ball ball. It was great to watch. Uh, Jenna, I'll go to you now. Like, he, this was his first game. This was the very first time that he had ever been on the floor with the Denver Nuggets before. How floored were you that not, not only that he started his first game, because I thought that that was kind of interesting for Michael Malone, but that he was as good as he was? Yeah, I actually was kind of at the beginning. I was thinking when I saw like the Nuggets tweeted, oh, you know, the debut kind of banner or something like that. I thought, like, one, does this really count as his debut? It's a scrimmage. It's not an official game. And I feel bad for the guy because, like, that would be the worst. Like, oh, my NBA debut was a scrimmage? It's, like, it's not even going down in the books, you know? But it was – but then when he, like, came out and he played and I saw how he, like, just, like, flowed, I thought maybe it took some of the pressure off. And maybe that's why, you know, you saw what you saw, Gordon, and just the fact that he – played fluidly with Nicola. There was no fear or like timidness on the floor. You know, we saw a little bit of that with MPJ when he first had his first few games, his first few games that he played where his shot wasn't falling because he wasn't following his whole body movement through and finishing. Um, He was struggling or holding back a little bit even, you know, it wasn't like he was just like, oh yeah, I'm electric and I'm just popping threes like we know MPJ does now. But right. he doesn't, uh, he didn't have that kind of hesitation. I didn't see that hesitation in bowl at all. Like literally the first play I saw, because of course I was watching the game while I was at work. And <laughs> the first play that I saw was literally um, 
he him blocking the shot and then shooting that three on the other end of the court and i just thought like man you don't do but. that if you're not incredibly talented like because there's still some fear yeah. in you you know but maybe that was taken away by the fact that it was a scrimmage and you know i totally botched my question with him after the interview because what i wanted to say to him because he quote was quoted after dropping in the draft that he really wanted to um prove everyone wrong that that was his only goal with this upcoming season right. was to prove anyone wrong. And I had asked him, you know, is this, I, what I was trying to get at was, is this a step in that direction, you know? And he just said timidly, like, I think so, you know? <laughs> and didn't give right, me much more. This the guy who shrugged off Jokic earlier. Like, you know, yeah, on that on that play where he takes the pull-up three, Jokic is like, give me the ball. You know, and, and Ball's like, I got this. Don't even come at me. I have a shot to make. And he just stepped up and switched his three. You know, I, you got to love being able to shrug off the all-pro NBA center, you know, yeah. in your very first, you in know, first game appearance. And you're like, I got it. Just don't worry about me. Everything is fine. Yeah. <laughs> it was awesome. It was it was unbelievable. That particular play that you were referencing, I, I keep coming back to how many players in the NBA could actually execute that uh, at his size, at his The length. block three? Yeah, like, like, yeah, the, the block three, the ability to get it high off the glass uh, because he took it to the glass and it was a very impressive block. Uh, yeah. But he also pulled up and, and in rhythm and, and drilled it from 27 feet. To sh- like like you guys said, just, just shaking off Jokic like it was nothing. Uh, I think it's like Carl Anthony Towns, maybe Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Kevin Durant. It's a three, like, it's not Giannis. It's, like, it's, yeah, exactly. Like, honestly. <laughs> There are very few players in the NBA with his blend of size, skill, and athleticism. And everything that he did on the floor today gave me a lot of confidence that he can hold up on that end, uh, on both ends of the floor, honestly. Because what I was really impressed with today was his interior defense. The Nuggets played zone in the first half. They played man in the second half. Bobo feasted in the middle of that zone. He was in the middle, and whenever he was in there, the Wizards wanted no part of him. They were scared, honestly, to get all the way to the rim because seven foot two with a seven foot nine wingspan and the ability to leap like he has, he blocked a shot from Rui Hachimura that was unbelievable. Uh, I I was blown away, and it's honestly it's kind of shocking because the Nuggets have never had a guy like that before, uh, except for maybe like Marcus Camby. Is that's Marcus the last Camby. possible guy that I could really think of that could block that kind of shot? Yeah, because before him it's like Dikembe. So you know Marcus yeah. Camby is the last guy, and honestly for me, when he came into the league, my thought for Bull was that he would be Marcus Camby who could shoot a three. Just skinnier. So you're like, well, I'm not sure how well he can defend really big fours and fives. You know, right. guys with a lot of muscle. And Camby had that problem, too, because he's a big, lean dude. You know, but Camby couldn't. Camby had his little wind-up shot from, like, the free-throw line. But otherwise, that guy could not shoot. You know, and, and that is not a problem that Bull has. He puts it on the floor. He'll hit turnarounds. You know, pull-up threes are no problem. He can switch handoffs. It, 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 his offensive game is extremely varied. Um, I just think they are going to wind up not playing him at center simply because, well, A, you have Nikola there, and if you're going to need somebody to get in the game with Nikola, then you probably are going to need that guy to play a four more than a five. 
Right. Um, but also, I mean, the one, the couple of times that Bowl allowed some scoring inside, he didn't have his hands up, and he was getting pushed down by a guy who was about six five. And so one of the things they're going to have to teach him, and they were saying this on the broadcast. I guess it wasn't a broadcast. They were saying this on the talk over the game that that was happening. <laughs> that um, that Bowl Bowl. Uh, he he still isn't quite sure how to optimize his length. So that sounds like an incredibly fun adventure for us to watch over the next year or two is them teaching Bull how to maximize a seven foot nine wingspan with some athleticism. Oh, absolutely. And you know, I, I really want everyone, I, I hope everyone gets on this bandwagon of like kind of getting away from size indicating what position you should play. Because yeah. at this point, like, Bull Bull's size is really different from Nikola Jokic's size. It's really different from Joel Embiid's size. But Bull Bull can do stuff on the perimeter that need, you know, that Embiid's not going to be doing. But Embiid would wreck him underneath. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I never want to see the isolation one on one Embiid versus Bull. I do not want to he watch would that. Snap like a twig, and that's not Bull Bull's fault. Like, but no. what pe- I don't want people to do is be like, "Well, he needs to bulk up. He needs to get in the in the gym and start lifting weights because the the leanness to his size brings some athleticism. Maybe he needs to get a little bit in the gym, but he doesn't need to be all try to get like to be this big buff guy in the middle who's gonna, you know, be that kind of center because the, the game doesn't even revolve around that kind of player anymore. And right. if Bull continues to just adapt and try to be a three, can you imagine having your wings as MPJ and Bull Bull? And then you just have like two, like maybe they're shorter, but they're stockier, they're bigger build, kind of power forward and center in the middle. And I mean, Jokic is that guy. And then you have Jamal Murray running point, doing whatever the hell he wants with these people. Right. Well, we used to worry about, you know, Jamal Murray was was struggling with entry passes. You're not going to have problems doing entry passes when everyone else is a seven-footer. Got it. Throw it up high, let them catch the ball, (laughs) turn around and score. That's it. That's all you have to do. And I don't want to compare Bull Bull to Kevin Durant. Uh, But one thing I will say about Kevin Durant in particular is that he was really skinny when he came into the league. And he, what really unlocked he his game beyond the beyond the skill progression, beyond just learning how to shoot off the dribble as well as he has, was that he did get into the weight room enough that he filled out his frame. A lot of that was just getting older. A lot of that was just kind right. of growing and becoming a man. And Bull Bull, I think at this point, it's it's fair to call him. He's still kind of a kid. He will learn and he will continue to get into an NBA weight room. I trust the Nuggets what, with what they've done with Nikola Jokic, with what they've done with Jamal Murray. Like They have the ability to get these guys into the ideal shape that they need to be to impact the Nuggets at a high level. I have no doubt that Bull Bull, if given the proper time, if given the proper development, is going to develop the right body for what this Nuggets team needs whether that's at the four, whether that's at the five, whether he's playing small forward, we don't know. But I think that he's going to be a factor. There was so much that he put on tape today. There was so much skill level, high-end yeah. athleticism, high, just things that nobody in the league can do. I I am looking forward to it. Uh, let, me, let me keep the hype train going. On a scale of one to ten, start with Jenna. How confident are you that Bull Bull is part of Denver's future? Oh, I think you got to say a 10, right? 
I, I yeah. mean, maybe that's presumptuous because yeah. a little bit because there's like always room for error. Maybe I'm being a fan when I say 10. I, but if I were to answer as not a fan and a journalist, blah, 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 I would say like in seven to be more politically correct or whatever. But like, I just seems like that would be ridiculous for them to walk away from from him. They would have to have something major in the pocket. Like, and who who exactly... I mean, Plumlee's gone, you know, Troy Daniels, Maybe. whatever, but right. y- these are players yeah. that are like, y- I don't think he, they're going to walk away. You're not away. tied to them. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think, I think they walk away from some other players before they walk away from Bull Bull is what I'm trying well, to say. Well, the thing with Bull Bull, now I, I wish they'd gotten him signed to an extension already, you know, or to a, a, a regular deal. Right now he's still on a two-way. Like, on a two-year two-way. I will say that. He's on a two-year two-way. But I mean, like at this point, you want him signed to probably a three-year extension, and that's fine. They're going to hit that up because there's no way that Bull's going to play next year on a fifty grand contract or whatever it is. But right. for yeah. for me, you know, even at a rookie minimum, whatever, Bull has too much upside for you to walk away from a guy who can do that many things for essentially free for minimum wage in the NBA. You, you there the reason it's absolutely a ten is because. You don't need to pay a guy to find out if he's going to be good. You just keep him around. You know he can do some things. And if he only turns into a 15, 20-minute player for you, okay, that's fine. You're only paying him what you would pay a guy to do that. So he costs you nothing. Um, And uh, for that reason, for me, it's absolutely a 10. There's no reason that for the next three years, Bull Bull is not right here figuring out how to take that huge body and that great skill set and turn it into a two-way, you know, really big future contract player. For me, it's a 9.5. And the only reason it's not a 10 <laughs> is because these other teams are going to also see Bull Bull and they're going to see a guy that, hey, if he is that good, if they think that the Nuggets may part with him for their star that wants out, The Nuggets may want to take that while they have Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic locked up right now, while Michael Porter Jr. is coming into his own. If they decide that, hey, maybe this is the right time to cash in that chip, and let's say, hey, the Wizards just played the Nuggets, if Bradley Beal becomes available and they're like, "Uh, we we don't need Michael Porter Jr. anymore in this deal. We'll take Bull Bull, Gary Harris, and a pick. Like... That changes the conversation for me. Okay, uh, but yeah, like I mean, but by that sense, like Jamal Murray's a nine point five. Like everybody who's not Nikola Jokic is a nine point five at best. I yeah, I and honestly, that's kind of how I evaluate everything. Uh, Jokic is a ten. Everybody else is below something that. that's not a ten. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that doesn't necessarily give me less confidence that Bulbul is going to be great. Like he's he's going to be very very good. Give him the time to develop, and I think that he could be great for the Nuggets or for somebody else if they decide sure. that that's the best case for he's, their franchise. He's definitely an NBA rotation player. Do not say that yeah. stuff. Do not yeah, say don't that say stuff. Into existence, Ryan. Why are you speaking things like this? Blasphemy in your Mile High <laughs> City Frauds T-shirt. Blasphemy, Ryan. Don't oh, say man. that. Can't help it. You he, know it, it's it is true. Mine. He's already firing up the trade machine. You know it. You I, already I am know. Not, I am not. You know what I did? I put Bull Bull into next year's rotation. That's what I did. Wow. There you go. <laughs> I put him into my rotation template. Uh, okay. On a scale of 1 to 10, uh, Gordon, I'll start with you this time. How confident are you that Bull Bull is part of Denver's present this season? 
like a three. Like, <laughs> I mean, that's it, it. Really depends on if somebody gets injured. Like, is he gonna play if Mason Pumley te- tweaks a, a leg or something? Sure, he might get him in because now there's some spots. But the Nuggets have a lot of professional basketball players who know how to play with each other, and you're not trying to make stuff up on the fly. They know what defense they're trying to run. Like, if Michael Porter Jr. can't get minutes because Malone can't trust him to follow defensive rotations, then there's no way that Bull Bull is going to get rotations when he's going to go out there and all they're going to do is put him in a pick-and-roll, and he won't know which coverage to take. Like, he's not going to be ready, so... Yeah, maybe, maybe he won't know which coverage to take, but we know that Bobo has had a full, not a full season, but two thirds of a season to be watching, right? Which is what we wanted. Well, MPJ he was done in the G League for part year. of it. Like, you know, for me, I don't. Malone is so risk averse. I cannot imagine him being like, "Let me uh, crack the lid on this Bobo situation in the playoffs." immediately and uh, and trust that no one on the opposition is just going to go at him you know uh, uh, and try to make him uncomfortable yeah you no, know in a seven game series i definitely thought like i i don't think malone would go with him just because of malone's style and malone cares most about defense and i thought that was the biggest thing missing right. from tonight you saw what bobo can do offensively but we didn't really see any defense necessarily that we could say. But, I mean, who we was looking for defense? Was it, yeah. It's also the first scrimmage, right? So it's also right. that piece. But I don't think that Malone will go to will go to Bull Bull necessarily. Be, and if he doesn't, it'll, all, it'll definitely be because of defense. But I did think it was a big deal that he started today's game. Like, there were other players with more experience who could have started in front of him. And, they, and Malone true. didn't start them. They he started Bol Bol, so that kind of says something to me a little bit. Whether that's because he's working really hard and he's please like you know that's pleasing to Michael Malone, and so he sees this kid right. who's done his. You know, Malone's one of those old school guys. You you got to put in your part. You can't. You got to climb the ladder. Blah blah blah. And maybe he saw that in Bol. Maybe he saw something a little different. I obviously the low amount of guys, the lack of bodies was a right. part of it. Was a big part. Yeah, I, th- I thought he did it because he was trying to make sure that some of the guys who were going to play in the other couple of games more didn't log a lot of minutes early. That you use the guy who's go- whose minutes are going to go down when everybody else shows up. Yeah, it could have been that. You know, too. but even so, it, it let him get in rhythm. What I liked about it is what we haven't had for Michael Porter Jr. most of the year, which is you get a bunch of time on the court to figure it out. And I don't care that you missed that rotation or that that little five foot eight dude scored on you. Like what I care about is how you reacted to that. And so Bull pulled thirty minutes. We've been asking Michael Porter Jr. to get thirty minutes all year. Thirteen. You know. Minutes. So yeah, right. <laughs> so in that sense, I was glad for Bull that he got to get in a rhythm. It wasn't you're on the court for three minutes, you sit down for twenty three minutes, you're back on the court for five minutes. You know, it wasn't that. And so. I was happy that he got in rhythm, he stayed in rhythm, and he proved that Michael Malone was right to start him. And that was good for him. You know, um, I, I was glad to see that that happened. But I'm with you. We didn't see a lot of actual team defense. There was a lot of guys standing around in a zone for half the game. Um, and then, you know, Bull showing off his blocks. And I wanted to see that all the time. Yeah, He wants, he wants to have a block party. Let's have a block party. You know, the interesting part about all of this is that you, you guys talked about, hey, 
learning the defensive concepts, learning the system, uh, not making mistakes. What I find interesting about Bull Bull is kind of that profile of a center is that he's a guy who kind of makes up the system. He's a guy who, if you put him in the middle of the defense and let him play drop coverage, it's very possible that if if you just let opposing teams take a bunch of mid-range jumpers and he just kind of contests as well as he can with a seven foot nine wingspan, then the Nuggets may have their wrinkle that they usually don't have when they have Nikola Jokic out there. He's a guy who plays up and he plays aggressively at the point of attack and then they use somebody else on the backside. This way they could play drop coverage. This way they could change up the defense just a little bit and do some things that they hadn't been able to do before. I find that intriguing and I think Michael Malone's going to find that intriguing too. Uh, Maybe not this year and it, it would be very much uncharacteristic of Michael Malone to make that leap, but you never know. Uh, But let's talk about next year real quick before we hit a break. Uh, What does Bull Bull's ideal role look like in Denver for next year and then kind of as he develops going forward? Uh, I'll start with with Gordon on this one. What's his ideal role? Yeah, so like if if the Nuggets if the Nuggets want to get the most out of Bull Bull next year, how do they play him? What do they do? What does it look like? Well, I, I mean, it's in theory, you know, you're not relying on him to be a linchpin. The one thing that I don't want them to do is to put him in a in a situation as a very young player where everything depends on him. That's that's the only concern that I have about you know taking part of the defense and making it let's let's make ball ball the the linchpin of what we do defensively with all of his blocking abilities he's a young player you work him in now maybe you do some of that in a few minutes of the game working with the backups you know against i i swear there's not going to be a team in the league that wants to play this team um <laughs> and the amount right. of guys that they have that they can deploy throughout the whole game you're you do not want to roll in and be like well we got their bench which currently <laughs> is like Monte, Gary Harris, you know, Michael Porter Jr., Ball Ball. Like this is not good. You don't you don't want that. That's not a good easy solution. I um, do want that. <laughs> right, yeah. I on the other hand want to see that. But I would expect that they would um you're gonna want to orient him on the perimeter. They've already shown what they did this year with Michael Porter Jr. You know, it's the stand in the corner and, and get your threes off. And I can absolutely believe that they would put Oh, Bull Bull, wherever on the court it is that he feels comfortable shooting threes, that is your spot. You stretch the floor from there, big man. Um, and th- that allows you especially to work um, a pick and roll off of him for him to pass lobs over the top of everyone in the world. He showed already in this game he was throwing a one-handed sling pass while running on a fast break to a guy Pretty in impressive. the corner, you, you know, to go ahead and take a short, a short uh, layup. So... I mean, right. it's those sorts of skills are very impressive to me. Some of those guard skills that he has as a big man are, again, as it was with MPJ, those are impressive to me. Um, but I don't think that f- for facilitating his growth, you drop him into 30 minutes and the linchpin of defense for 20 minutes sort of role. You're going to use his blocks because he's got them. That's just part of his bag. When he's on the court, blocks will go up. The Nuggets don't have another guy like that. So that's a fun wrinkle, but that's not something you're relying on him on. That's just part of what he does. And I think Malone prides himself on on taking guys and using them to their advantage. 
Um, he might not do it as quickly as I want him to in certain cases. But I would say that guys are deployed on the court to do what they're supposed to do. Um, but I would expect his role is going to be stretch big and uh, weak side, you know, help blocks in the paint. That's, I mean, and if that's all you get out of him for 20 minutes a game, then I think that's beautiful. Right. Jenna, what do you think? You know, I think that that would be amazing if he had that much of a role next year, but I don't think that this is the franchise that's going to give him that big of a role so early on, just based on what they've seen with Michael Porter Jr. and stuff, you know, and I agree. I don't think he should be a linchpin for the defense and it's like necessary for him to be involved in every defensive play because then you come into situations when you can't include him, you know, or you have different rotations that don't include him and then you get behind and, um, right, right. The Nuggets are known for that, <laughs> but um, <laughs> I would hope to see that he he gets. You know, I don't know. I would say mm, eight to fifteen minutes a game is what I would predict he'd probably get um, in his at least in the first few months. I and, and if he showed a right. lot of progress or something like that, and showed that he really did know the defense. Um, but I think Malone would, will start him off as a pretty small role next year, at least. Um, this year, I do. I kind of think the opposite because I feel like they might be low on bodies, you know, and it might just be the best thing for them, for him to be out there. You know, it, it could be circumstantial. Unfortunately for MPJ, you know, when he came into and started during the regular season, those games actually mattered. So he didn't get to start his first game for 32 minutes. Right. It, but this was a scrimmage, so it didn't matter. You know, and yeah. that kind of gave Bull a little boost, a step ahead that it didn't give MPJ back then. But like circumstances were different. Um, I hope that he, you know, gets to be a part of what they, whatever they do in this next Disney bubble season. Um, but I think that his role will be small next season still just because the relinquishing of control is like difficult for the Denver Nuggets, you know, and they it give it to a, like it Nurk yeah. and then they give it to Jamal and every person they give it to has a hard time, you know, giving it back to them, like letting it go to the next person, you know, so. No, it makes a lot of sense. And, and I, I actually kind of agree with you. I, in my ideal world, I would love to see him play a little bit more, be able to take on some of those backup center duties while also being able to play next to Jokic a little bit. And that would be super cool. I'd, I'd love to be able to see that. Uh, but right. maybe that's something that you go in March and April of ne- or like the the second half of next season. I don't know what the season's actually going to be. Nobody does. Go. But yeah. like, but the second half of the season, while the first half of the season is him getting adjusted to playing regularly, because he, I mean, we we know that he's not ready for that quite yet. Uh, right. But we're gonna see. I'm I'm really looking forward to it. And and either way, like whatever happens, I've just been blown away by what he does and what. The raw and physical tools have been uh, the physical gifts that he has, the shooting touch. He could be an all-star caliber player. Uh, we don't want to get it too In far future, ahead of ourselves. Yeah, we don't know. But, like, we don't know. Well, the thing is, though, what he does is he allows the Nuggets to have a glimpse of what they would have to decide on this offseason. Like, if you're worried about, do I need a backup center or do I need a stretch four or do I... You know, do I go out and try to get Bertans, you know, as a as a tall shooter? Maybe you take a look at a couple of games from Ball Ball and you say, you know what? For free, basically, I don't need that. I have that. 
right. you know, for the limited minutes I could put that person in, I can get that at home for free. So it crosses some stuff off your to-do list as the Nuggets try to build that title contender um, around Nikola Jokic going forward. Now that they're working with Max Contract Murray and Max Contract Jokic, you need guys like Bol Bol and Michael Porter Jr. to work out and to pull real roles for this team so that you can really make a run at stuff. So you can take that swing of the title and not just get caught in wherever the Blazers have been for the last several years. We don't want to be the next Blazers. Let's just yeah, be real. It's just Shots not, a, fired. not a thing. <laughs> One thing I will say, though, is I, I really hope whatever his role ends up being, I hope that he doesn't get whatever amount of minutes not next to Nicola, you know, with sure. the second t- second team and being like, put all that weight on him to be like impactful with a second rotation. I don't know why this is like the way that we do it in the NBA, but like when a new guy comes in and he's trying to make it into the first rotation, they play him alongside all the worst players and they think he's going to shine because he's supposed to be a good enough star to play with the best players. But I bet you if right. you played him, you know, mixed in some play with some of yep. the best players, you would get some of his best stuff because good players yeah. make people around them better. And Nikola Jogic makes other players look better. And that's just All facts. Of them. So it's, yeah. it's just like, why would we set up? I don't know why that's like, well, that's just how we do it. So we always make them climb up the ladder, but it, if you see a real talent, it should be more about the, the matchup, you know, or the combination, the duo. What does Bol right. Bol bring if you add him to the duo of Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic? Nikola and Jamal picking and rolling and dishing to Bol Bol sounds amazing to me. So it's right. like, why why are we forcing him oh, to yeah. go through this, like, channel of, oh, I got to play with the crappy players and prove that I'm not only am I better than them, but I can carry the rest of them. Right. So that I can play with the good players. It's just dumb. Like, put him with the good players for some of the time. Yes, I get it. He has to play with the second string for part of the time. But give him some minutes next to those first stringers to see really, like, his potential. No, yeah, and I, no that more goes hockey for him lineups. and MPJ. Yep. yep. No more five-man five switches. I'm hoping that the Nuggets have figured out that Jamal Murray or Nikola Jokic should be on the floor 100% of the time to help out whoever it is that they're playing with to make sure that they have a real facilitator and, you know, a future all-star talent playing next to them at all times. I don't know why they wouldn't do that. Yeah, I love it. I, I think that's a, a great point. It's it's also kind of a Nugget-specific problem, too, because they had the yep. most played starting lineup in the NBA this year, and it, was, it wasn't even really close. So... We're gonna right. see. We're gonna see how it all goes. I'm. I'm really looking forward to the Bull Bull experience, guys. This is gonna be a lot of fun. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're gonna talk about the rest of the scrimmage. We'll get into some other points, and we're just gonna have a little bit of fun with it. We're gonna be right back. All right, welcome back to Nuggets Numbers. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, uh, joined here by Gordon Gross. We did actually have some audio trouble with Jenna Garcia. We've actually had some some major technical issues over the course of this entire night, so take it with a grain of salt. But we're, uh, we're doing our thing over here. We're trying our best to get you guys good content. Gordon's going to be joining me for the rest of this segment. Uh, Gordon, you just experienced all of what we just happened. Uh, get, get your thoughts briefly on, on that entire escapade. Um, 
I think Zoom got jealous that we were using Skype. That's what I think happened. <laughs> and uh, threw a major wrench yeah. in that. So that's yeah. sort of a problem. And then my, my audio levels are still very weird. So if, if things are weird in the second segment, my apologies. We'll do our best to try and make things work. Uh, but in the meantime, we did talk about Bull Bull for a significant amount of time in the first segment. Here in the second segment, we're going to break down some other things that happened in the scrimmage, as well as some other news and notes that, that occurred over the last couple of days. Uh, Gordon, I'll start with this one. Uh, Bull Bull was a standout contributor, but were you impressed with anybody else today besides Bull Bull? Well, I was impressed that, that Troy Daniels was not afraid of taking shots. Like, Not afraid. Not no, that guy has no fear. That was he. He had his swaggy p moments tonight for sure. Um, I don't know how many of those he's going to get in a real game, but it's good to know that if the Nuggets need somebody to pull a trigger, you know he's not going to be afraid if he winds up getting into a game or two. Yeah, we're gonna see. We're gonna we're gonna see how that goes. They were super shorthanded tonight, and that definitely yep. affected some things. Uh, but it it. Very well is possible that in a pandemic that if things were to happen, that you want somebody like a Troy Daniels who can shoot 40% from three and is comfortable taking a lot of those shots. So right. I definitely give him credit there that he is the role that the Nuggets may need at some point in time. Yeah, you never know. And I mean, the the whole thing is it's not even just about COVID. It's about the fact that you're doing a restart from scratch and guys don't have their normal warm-up. They don't have several weeks of training camp Plus, you know, a five-game preseason, they've got have a couple of practices, do a couple exhibition games. Let's get this thing on the road, you know. Right. And and so in a week they're going to be out there, you know, going hustling for real. So it's important to know that if something happens, you know, Will Barton had a, you know, I think they said his knee was tender today, and he could have gone if it was a regular season game, but they're holding him out because it wasn't, and they don't, they aren't worried about him getting up to speed, and that's fine. Yeah. But if that knee requires him to take a game off at some point, for instance, you know, that's not inside information. That's just speculation of, like, what could happen. You know, sure. at least you've got a guy who can fill your, I'm going to go ahead and shoot the ball and, you know, and try to try to be a volume scorer for my team. And that's okay. Like, at least he, he showed that he's willing and able to do that, you know, in, in a small sample. Yeah, there were times where he was asked to run point guard today. And on a that's, team that's that not is, a good look. Is, it's just not yeah. his role, and and on a team that's completely new to him still, like I I wouldn't expect him to do very well in that role. No. He did miss no, some no, guys. No. There there was one play in particular where Bull Bull was actually coming off of staggered screens, and, and Troy Daniels just kind of drove right to the rack after taking several shots in a row already. So he he's a gunner. He that's his role. Correct. He's going to take shots and. Defenses have to respect him for that. Hopefully the Nuggets, if if they are in a position where they have to play Troy Daniels or or need to play Troy Daniels, that he can fit into that mold of what they ask him to do. Uh, one guy who stood out to me that was kind of under the surface was Tyler Cook. I thought he did a really good job of kind of filling every role. Uh, I didn't watch him super closely because of Bull Bull, uh, to be frank, and, and everything that was going on. Tyler Cook was kind of, not necessarily the most impressive player out there, but he filled his role reasonably well. I thought he moved very well. He's very athletic. Kind of reminds me of the Kenneth Fareed, Montrez Harrell vibe. That's that's what I got from him, yeah. Yeah, he's a good rebounder, very solid. 
uh, moved pretty well out on the perimeter. That was pretty impressive to see. And and who knows? Maybe he's a guy that the Nuggets decide, hey, we want to bring you around next year. And the, these couple of scrimmages and maybe a couple seeding games give us some. Uh, I, th- I think I think it's an addition. Absolutely. There. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, whether or not it's for, just for the Nuggets, I think it's absolutely a uh, a an audition to say I can play in this league. You know, and he might just get a right. two-way contract out of it again next year or something. But you, you got to see a little bit of him. And um, I, again, I don't expect him to get real minutes for the Nuggets. I don't expect anybody outside of their top eight or nine guys to get minutes. And so that doesn't include Bull or Tyler Cook or, you know, anyone who we saw yeah. tonight, really. Like, there they were they were very few. Anybody who, who was already a Nuggets rotation player, that was the only guys who were going to be a rotation player going forward. But these other guys are at least showing that if if there is an emergency and you, we have to break the glass, that that maybe they can they can hold down some minutes and um, help Denver through a tough spot. Uh, was anybody else really standing out as as impressive to you? I thought there were a lot of guys who kind of did what we expected them to do. It's um, tough, man. Like this is this is a sort of situation where you don't have any guards, and so things are playing a little weird. You know, I thought Jeremy Grant didn't look overly comfortable playing with a lot of guys that big. Yeah, um, I agree. I, I think he struggled when he was like, "Am I? I'm the big, but am I the big in this situation? Am I supposed to be rebounding, or what am I doing?" You know, and and I I, I agree with that. When you start a guy and you're basically putting him at the two, but he's your normal four, but he's also you know filling this gap, and you're playing a zone, and you, that those are all the hard things to to do all all at once. So I didn't expect anybody to look necessarily great tonight. Jokic threw the ball away a bunch, you know, driving Malone crazy. Yeah, I, I wouldn't call it a super impressive performance. It was just good to watch everyone get out on the court together. You know, Ball had his, um, you know, uh, highlights and um, yeah. got got a good showing. And everybody else was just trying to knock off Russ and not get hurt. And so on that on that front, I'm happy with both of those things. As we mentioned before, Jamal Murray sat out for reasons that are kind of unclear. We didn't really get a, a great explanation for what was going on there. Uh, is that a level of concern thing for you regarding Murray, or and should Nuggets fans be worried at all? I, I don't think so, because they, they went on to stress that it wasn't really an injury situation. Um, so in that sense, I'm not concerned. Um, I don't know if it was, you know, maybe he just had bad breakfast. Who knows? Um, yeah, true. You know, but he was out there on the court. He wasn't getting training. He, you know, he wasn't back in the training room. He and he and Gary Harris and um, Tory Craig and Will Barton were all out there together, watching from afar, um, hanging out and talking about the game. So, in that sense, uh, I I have no real concerns because he looked to be totally fine. Uh, same with Will Barton. Like they they weren't unavailable. They were just not playing this game. Yeah, very much agreed there. Uh, it would have been nice to see Jamal Murray in this group, but you you kind of just gotta gotta take what you can get. Uh, but with Barton out, uh, actually no, I'm, I'm gonna st- skip that part. We already talked about this supersized lineup. We don't need to go over it that much anymore. Uh, Jokic a point guard, very weird but very fun. Uh, during the game, we did see Jamal Murray and Will Barton on the bench. They were hanging out with Gary Harris and Tory Craig. Uh, that was good to see. Those guys have clearly broken quarantine. They're they're getting ready to get back into the swing of things for this Nuggets team. Uh, how important will it be for the Nuggets to get their guys back, get those guards and wings back for these remaining scrimmages specifically? 
for me, I think it's a big deal. You're trying to get your guards back in the flow, and you've got to make sure you've got your guard rotation nailed down, at least before you get to the regular season. Like, you know, the Nuggets haven't had everybody healthy, you know, for a minute. Uh, even before the regular season ended, they were struggling with MPJ being injured and Barton being injured. And, you know, there were there were things going on where the, the Nuggets were not right in their rotations as they were they were scuffling there a bit in March. And so getting those guys back in, working together, um, and nailing down your, your playoff rotations with a few games to go, that's kind of important. I, I would like right. them to be there for those scrimmages, get back in shape, know how many minutes you can give approximately, and, and work that out. Assuming everybody's ready to go on Saturday, maybe not necessarily Michael Porter Jr. or the other guys, but like uh, the guys who have reportedly been in there in, in the bubble and that we've seen, including right. Tory Craig and Gary Harris, uh, do the Nuggets go back to their normal starters? My only quibble with that would be that Will Barton may be needed to run point guard on the bench. Because if Monte Morris still isn't there... And you you don't have uh, PJ there either, um, then you're looking at another situation where yes you could run Jokic as the point again and run another big fun lineup, but you don't want to keep doing that if you're trying to prepare for the actual games. It's more likely that you would try, you know, either a a staggered lineup where Murray gets the first four minutes, then sits, then comes back in with the bench, or Will yeah. Barton takes the bench and then plays some minutes with the starters. You know, in order to to facilitate what you might actually do in a playoff game in that situation, so I w- I would expect that Will Barton for me would be the wild card there. He might be the one that doesn't start, and you start someone like Tory Craig, um, and let Will come up with the bench for the first rotation and then stay on longer. For, for instance, does Bull Bull get cut from the rotation? That's the ultimate question here. <sighs> it's got to be close, right? I don't think so yet because yeah. the Nuggets, I. See, you're you're running forty minute scrimmages instead of forty eight. So if it no, was forty eight, I would say because, no. Because they actually have said that these second and third ones are going to be forty eight. Are they going to run a full forty eight? Okay, that's what they're saying. Well, I mean, we'll find out, I guess. Um, yeah. But if they're running a full forty eight, then I think Ball still gets minutes because first off, it's fun, and second off, you still don't have everybody there. Michael Porter Jr. for the second game probably isn't going to be cleared for quarantine. We don't have any word on Monte Morris being cleared. And so, for those reasons, I think if you run in a couple of guys who are rotation guys down, then you'll have a couple of guys in, and one of those guys might want to be in bowl bowl. So I would expect him to get a few minutes in the second scrimmage. Yeah, the natural thing to me would be to start Tory Craig in place of in place of uh, Will Barton, and then have right. Barton run the point with Troy Daniels next to him, bowl bowl at the three, Jeremy Grant at the four, and. Mason Plumley at the five. Uh, switch Jeremy Grant and Bull Bull if you care to. Uh, but that kind of seems like the natural 10-man rotation that would help the Nuggets get through a 48-minute game. Sure. Uh, they may not decide to do that. They may decide, hey, we want to do a lot more simulation of what we're going to see. And maybe that's just what they do. I, I tend to lean on the side that they're probably going to try to keep everybody healthy, though. and That means playing more bodies. I, well, and you also want to get your bodies you know, in case something happens, you want everybody to have some playing time under their belt at full speed. You just do. And so Noah Vonway is going to get in the game. You know what I mean? Like you want some of these guys who haven't had a lot of run with you to at least get some minutes back under their belt, you know, fighting for rebounds, going to three throw line, you know, fighting through fouls, whatever. 
um, just to get the feeling back so that if you don't wind up with their first real game minutes being, well, Mason Plumley got injured or Will Barton, you know, took a hard shot right. to the face, and now I'm going to need you to go ahead and log 30 minutes in this game. Like, you don't want that. Not when the games count. So I still expect them to have a more expanded rotation while they get worked back in for the next couple of scrimmages. You would hope so. I think Malone is very conscious of that as well. It would really surprise me if he cut that rotation down significantly in scrimmages. Right. Uh, I think Jokic already played more minutes than I kind of expected him to in the first game, and Ball you, well. don't wanna, you don't want to you don't want to tax him as much as he as much as you want to before the seeding games start and then the playoffs start. Right. And you don't want anybody to be tired before then. Um, okay. Let's move to Michael Porter Jr., who is reportedly on his way to Orlando, as as we've mentioned. Uh, we had heard some rumblings behind the scenes that Porter was on the move. That's that's something that kind of in the works, and we've it, it's going to be interesting to see when he actually gets to the bubble. Uh, reportedly, it was going to be tonight. Uh, this is Wednesday night when we're recording this, of course. Uh, Gordon, were you worried about Porter before hearing that report today? How like what was your worry scale on a one to ten? I wasn't worried. Three. I was annoyed. Yeah. My annoyance scale is much larger than my worry scale. <laughs> I'm annoyed because it's been that kind of a year of just weirdly random setbacks for MPJ. You know, not getting minutes early, not getting the rust off early, getting in the doghouse right. for defense, it sounded like, early. Uh, he finally got minutes due to injury, and then he rolled his ankle. And you're like, well... You know, you, you were hyping up, and then he came back, and he didn't look great, but Malone said that's because his ankle was worse than he, they thought. So now he's finally healthy, and you're like, great. We have, you know, a, f- a handful of games before the playoffs to see Michael Porter, and now he's out, you know, um, trying to wait for quarantine. And it's just been a series of... I mean, I'm sure he's more frustrated than me, but it's just annoying because he could be so helpful to Denver, but if he can't get in and get this work in, then I don't know how many minutes he's going to get going forward and I, I am concerned about that. But I'm not concerned about his, his health from COVID. Um, not if he's he's ready to travel, then he should be symptom-free. Um, he didn't seem like uh, there were any major health issues related with it. So if he's clear to go and um, he's going to arrive in the bubble, like you said, Wednesday night, um, and hopefully be cleared for practice Friday, maybe Saturday, you know, then, then it's starting to look better. Um, for getting him on the court and getting him back to playing basketball. And you hope you can get him back into that rhythm as quickly as possible. He's, Absolutely. Like we've talked about, he's one of the guys that could really swing a lot of things for Denver in this upcoming year. Uh, it depends on how much he plays. It depends on how ready he is. There are yep. a lot of factors that go into that that have kind of been affected by the fact that he's not there. Uh, I I worry about that more every single day that he's not actually there because I tend to be on the side of, hey, Michael Malone is going to go with the guys that are ready, with the guys that are able. And right now, Michael Porter Jr. is not either of those two things. Uh, but when he does get to the bubble uh, and, and let's say he gets there, he doesn't play on Saturday because it's too close to when he actually arrived. But let's say the, the third and final scrimmage game, let's say he, he's ready to play. Does he get that kind of a similar opportunity to play heavy minutes that Bull Bull did? Probably not Bull Bull minutes um, because that's your last game and you should have everybody by then, right? You're hoping that you have everybody. So. And so if you have everybody, then 
you know, there's only a few couple people that are going to play 30 minutes. Um, and I don't expect Michael Porter to be one of them. But he should get 20. Like, I mean, that's the hope, right? Like you, that you're looking for a guy who's going to get into the rotation, and he's going to be fighting for those rotation minutes. I don't think Malone is going to be able to run with the eight-man rotation or eight-and-a-half-man rotation that we were thinking he was going to try before the end of the season. I just don't think you can do it. I think you need more bodies. I think you need more guys who are ready to go um, and to take some of this slack off because you can't be dropping guys in for 40 minutes a night every other game. You know, even if there is no travel, you're asking a lot of, of guys who haven't been playing professional basketball in the last couple weeks. So I think that the rotations are going to be more like 10 guys. And so in that situation, Michael Porter Jr. is going to get his minutes. He's one of the 10 best players. He knows the schemes. He's been playing more. He should be ready to go. So, no, I'm I'm not all that concerned about um, whether they'll find any minutes for him. But, no, I do not expect him to start pulling 30-minute uh, games anytime soon. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. It's, it's too bad that we didn't get to see that extended time with him because imagine him starting in this lineup in place I of... I would have loved to see him tonight, Mason. man. Yep. Yeah, if we could have seen Mason him tonight. Bully, for example, like... That would have been that would have been really interesting. Just just yep. a fascinating version of the Nuggets that is extremely long, athletic, and and can shoot from all five positions. And I think um, honestly that that's what we're looking for in the third game. I think you might get some ball ball MPJ action in the third game where you get to watch what a couple of guys are shooting from distance, just because it's the last time to to mess around with some minutes and save some guys some extra minutes. Once everyone's there, maybe Jokic doesn't play quite as much in the last warm-up game because he doesn't need it. You yeah. play him with the guys who haven't been there, and then you, you sit him down and you, you let other guys like Monte Morris get you know their legs stretched out. And that gives you time to put MPJ and Bull in and see what happens. Yep, all they need is Monte to be back. All they need is him to be in the bubble and healthy, and and we'll we'll just have to see and cross they, that bridge when we come. I know, to I know, Nug Life just there. is not kind to us all the time, you know. But it's it's one of these things where just once could I have all my guys, and could they yeah. just be ready to go at the same time and all good at the same time, which happens to be the playoffs? That would be amazing. Let's see that happen. We haven't seen it in a long time. It's it's uh it's too bad. Will Barton last year. He, he was hampered by his injury the entire time. Uh, different guys went down at different points. Gary Harris wasn't the same player. Now it would be great if everybody was was back and healthy. And you got Bull Bull as reinforcements, and you've got Michael Porter Jr. Right. kind of rounding into form a little bit. But uh, we're we're gonna see. We're gonna we're gonna see whether that actually we still happens. we still have um, a couple of yeah still have a couple of uh, exhibitions and then the regular season to go. Now that regular season is gonna be like the playoffs, considering how many what between teams they're playing. But still, maybe. Maybe I I I still think it's it's very possible that they just don't treat it like the playoffs at all. That they treat it like a, a regular season tune-up for the playoffs, uh, even though seating is on the line. And, I was going to say it affects seating, man. I'm not sure what they will, but I, at this point, when you're seating and the home court is basically piped in crowd noise, like you're not traveling, you're not worrying about home court. Like you just want to make sure that the matchup isn't bad. You don't want to be the eight seed. Like, that would not be fun. Otherwise, you know, yeah. I don't see how it matters. If the Nuggets are the five seed, I don't really think they care. Yeah. Like I, even if they drop to, like, six, I, I just don't yep. think that they care. I, I, I mean, think they want to be in the three to six the, range. 
Yeah. Yeah. If if they're there, then and they avoid the Lakers and Clippers in the first round, then that's that's all you can really ask for at this point. Right. So, uh, okay. Final segment here. I saved the best for last. Uh, this is called Bull Bull and MPJ or blank. And we're going to go through five different players around the NBA that are young, that are talented, that are dynamic. And we're going to say, okay, if you're the Nuggets, would you trade Bull Bull and MPJ for this player to pair with Jamal Murray, with Gary, uh, with Gary Harris, with Nikola Jokic? Uh, I don't even know what you're asking me this. You know what I'm going to say. Bring a Nuggets championship. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. All right. The first one is Bull Bull and MPJ for Donovan Mitchell. Nope. Nope. I think that's pretty simple. Um, well, I, I, he doesn't give you anything you don't already have. Like, Donovan is a high-volume, like, shooter. Um, and he he sort of would take Jamal Murray's place. So why would you trade for a guy who's another Jamal Murray when you have Jamal Murray and you're going to have to pay Donovan Mitchell to be a second Jamal Murray? I mean, that's why the Nuggets didn't draft, you know, Donovan Mitchell the first time. Yep. No, I, I agree with you. They they had the dynamic pieces at that point. Uh, Gary Harris was just rounding into form at that point. That kind of hasn't worked out the way the Nuggets hoped. And no. Beasley's also gone. Uh, but they still have Will Barton. They still have Will. Uh, they still have Jamal Murray. And I was looking at Jamal Murray and Donovan Mitchell's statistical comparisons, and it's really close. Honestly, yep. the only the only major difference there is the fact that Mitchell takes more shots. Correct. Uh, he's not that. He's not that much more efficient. I actually don't think he is more efficient. I think no. they're basically about the same there, and uh, Mitchell just gets a lot more pub. So and Mitchell doesn't know how... how to play with. He doesn't know how to play with Jokic, um, and the Nuggets wouldn't get any bigger. Like the biggest problem that the Nuggets are going to have is like fighting off in the future, is fighting off the Clippers or the Lakers, and both of those teams have giant, giant people. You know, uh, one of them wings and one of them bigs, but like they both have uh, have matchup problems for shorter guard type players. The Nuggets don't need any more shorter guard type players to face those teams. So no, Donovan Mitchell for me doesn't right. fill the void between getting Denver to a contender um, or not. Our next one is Bull Bull at MPJ or Kristaps Porzingis. <sighs> I like Chris Apps. Uh, I think Chris Apps will play great next to Jokic. He's grown on me this year. Um, the man already has how many lower leg injuries? Enough to satisfy the entire New York Knicks roster. Oh, wait, that's right. They traded him. Um, yeah. yeah. So my my concern with, with Chris Apps um, is honestly my same concern with Bull Bull. How long can a guy that tall and long jump around like a guard before he blows something out? And the answer for Kristaps was a couple years. Like, you know, he already had health issues. He's a big, tall, lean dude. And a lot of those guys wind up with problems. So uh, I don't know that I would trade. I could see it. I could see trading trading MPJ and, and Bull Bull for Kristaps. Um, but, oh, my God, would the Mavericks be horrific if that pans out for them. Like, they would be just a nightmare next to... Oh, yeah. I mean, they're already they're already going to be a pretty tough uh, cover if Kristaps regains everything that he was before and more, and um, he's set up to do it, not having to be the focal point. Um, so yeah, that's that would be tough for them. I I could see you doing a Kristaps trade. I'm just 
I'm not sure what Chris Tapps gives you more than the combination of Bull Ball and MPJ. Yeah, it's very possible. Just, just oh, money-wise. Like my, my problem is, this is you're still running into money oh. troubles. Ignore the money. I, I'm I'm more just talking about like value for value here. Like this is this is just a, a BS segment though, where they're not actually going to trade Bull Bull and MPJ of course for they're any not of guys. But like this is just theoretical. Uh, okay, next one: Bull Bull and MPJ or Ben Simmons. See, I like Ben, but he can't shoot, and I can't. I struggle to put Ben Simmons at. You could move him to like the three, and not be the point guard. But you can't stretch the floor with them. And if he's... I could see playing Simmons as a defender. Um, you know, a big guy who can defend one to three pretty easy. Um, but I, I struggle to see how if Jokic refuses to take three-pointers, that putting another guy out there who can't stretch the floor doesn't tax your other shooters on the floor. I don't think Jokic refuses to take threes. I think he's actually like he, he took don't? a couple threes tonight, and and he I, I think he likes to go off. I think he likes to drive. I think he likes to create for others. But there are times, especially in the playoffs this past season, that he really showed that he was willing to take those shots. Sure, um, but he didn't. That that was no one else could make anything. The point is, if anyone else can make something, Jokic isn't going to take it. And so, if Jokic thinks you could make it, then he won't take it. You know, I mean, he's shooting what three and a half threes a game still. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, he's been there for three years. That. It's up to four. Um, I don't think so. No. Okay. Okay. Well, I I still think that like if you if you had the opportunity to add what is perhaps the best perimeter defender in the league, or at least the most versatile perimeter defender in the league right now, I think there there is something to be said for that. Uh, However, you're right that there, it would create some offensive issues. It would definitely there would be a lot of weird stuff. Uh, MPJ, he kind of plays that off-ball role a little bit better than Ben Simmons would, and and the Jamal Murray Ben Simmons dynamic would be very interesting. Those guys handle that's the ball that's my thing. Is I don't know how it would work with with Jamal and Ben both in the starting lineup, um, both trying to pass the ball with Jokic. That's too many guys who aren't giving Jokic the ball to to coordinate everything. That's my concern. I prefer Jokic ball and the Nuggets have gone away from it to reincorporate their guards. And I, I'm not sure that's the right move. I understand it's the easier move, but I would much rather have Jokic out there, you know, directing traffic than anyone else. Uh, and that's not a slam on Murray, but Murray's not an all first team, anything like Jokic is the best player on this team. Um, and he's the best point player on this team and I don't want another guy who's a point guard essentially to take the ball out of Jokic's hand even more no arguments for me there um what about Bull Bull and MPJ for Jason Tatum I probably would do that yeah just because Jason Tatum fills the MPJ role like if we're talking about what I want from Michael Porter Jr., then what you want is for him to be a bigger version of Jason Tatum. Right. Like, if that's... Like, if you're aiming at something, right? Like it's a good this, place to aim. Yeah, this year's version of Jason Tatum is, you know, unbelievably good. Um, You know, he takes a, he takes a bunch of threes. You know, he makes a bunch of threes. 
you know, if you're shooting seven threes a game at 40%, then then you're all right. Like, that's a good distance shooter. He also gets to the line decently. He scores a bunch of points. Not a big passer. Very good rebounder. You know, that's what you want from Michael Porter Jr. So, yeah, if you're trading for the realized version of MPJ, then sure, I can get that. For sure. And and let me be clear to anybody that's listening to the segment. This is not, What the yeah. hell are you guys doing? Uh, this is more of a celebration of the value and the skill level of Bull Bull and Michael Porter Jr. And that we could actually have some of those discussions. Not necessarily that we would actually do any of these deals or that. No, no we, other team would, would do, these do these deals. Yeah, that's yeah, okay. Like, we understand that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, last one. And this is the fun one. Uh, Bull Bull and MPJ or Zion Williamson. I mean, you got to do that, right? Do you? I mean, why not? Like, if you're if you're gonna if you're losing Paul Millsap, Jeremy Grant's not guaranteed. You're gonna add a guy who's basically an unstoppable power forward. You know, who is just a ball of muscle, which Jokic is not. Um, <laughs> who is athletic, can roll down the court, can get fouled all day long to go to the free throw line. You know, the Nuggets have enough trouble getting to the free throw line. There's one guy who would draw a bunch of fouls. That would be Zion. Um, it, that's a lot of fun. It doesn't necessarily help your perimeter shooting. Um, You could solve that, though. There, but you, you could solve other- that role players who would fill that role. And you hope that Jamal Murray develops into that a little bit more Uh, with Zion. Like I, people have been giving Lonzo ball a lot of credit for being a great lob passer. Now give Zion to Nikola Jokic and and see what happens. Like that is, that is a frightening offensive combo. If I do say so myself, it's fearsome. Like we've been talking all the, uh, a lot about what Fareed with offense would have looked like in the short corner playing with Jokic. Right. You know, and, and like Zion would be unbelievable. Now, again, my I, I still come back to what is he going to be long-term versus what is MPJ going to be long-term? They both have their injury concerns. They both have, you know, how do you fit on a roster? But I, I could see doing it. Um, uh, For me, though, I'm a huge... I'm just a huge proponent of MPJ. His game... To something for the Nuggets that some you would need to trade for somebody like Tatum to get, like Chris Stapps will be close. You could I could see Chris Stapps, um, but Chris Stapps is not the kind of rebounder that Michael Porter Jr. is, or even that Jason Tatum is. Right. Like Chris Stapps does for his height, Chris Stapps is one of the worst rebounders I've ever seen. It's amazing to me he that he can be that though. bad. I will say that this year at he grabbing rebounds. He did, he did, but again, I I think that helps having the right coach. You know, um, and being deployed correctly. Um, but Chris Stapps, Chris Stapps, at that point, you're trying to figure out if he can be the third best player on your team. And he absolutely can be. And you're right. This year, he's much better as a rebounder than he was in years past with New York. Um, but that's what he does. New York. Um, New York sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, but, you know, but again, uh, you, uh, you didn't have the same three-point percentage this year that he had in New York either. So is is he still being trouble? Can he get up off those legs and get the, the legs into his shot like he used to? You know, those right. are concerns. Jason Tatum has none of those concerns. So of those guys, the no-brainer for me is Jason Tatum because he fills the MPJ role perfectly. 
Chris Stapps I could see. But otherwise, what the team needs is someone who can kill people from outside. And what's interesting about MPJ and Bol Bol is both guys might actually be able to do that. You know, we don't know in, in what length of time. We don't know, you know, if that's over 30 minutes in a game or 15 minutes in a game or whatever. But that adds a really interesting element to Denver that it's hard for them to give up. Which is why I think they're going to have trouble making deals this year because everybody's going to ask for either MPJ or Bol Bol. And you're going to have to find the right deal to sell on. And these are not going to be the deals that you're being offered. Uh, it's it's at least nice that the Nuggets don't have to always hear about MPJ being included in a deal, but they're going to start hearing, hey, we, we'd love for to just take on Bull Bull for you guys. We know you can't play yeah. long-term at the five. We'll, we'll try it. Um, yeah, but, he'll, he'll be the yeah. throw-in. Yeah, the Nuggets yeah, weren't going to throw MPJ in, and they're not going to throw Bull Bull in. Like, that's, that's going to be one of those long-term things where we're either going to look back and be like, thank God they didn't trade those guys, or... Thank God they did. Like, well, one of those things is going to happen because otherwise we're cussing the, the daylights out as those guys go on to success elsewhere if they get the wrong deal. So my expectation is that they don't get that deal and they just keep on playing um, because the Nuggets have been running it back for a couple of years now trying to get the mix right, and this is the handoff from the old guard to the new guard. And I'm, I, 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 there are players I would trade them for, but I don't think any of those players are being offered. So... It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. It's crazy that I just want to see MPJ and Bull Bull on the field together, man. I want them on the one court. Scrimmage. We've we yep. put them into that category. One scrimmage, hey, and they're you, good you, to go. I saw everything <laughs> I needed to see. <laughs> Gotta love it, man. Uh, that's going to do it here for this episode of the Denver Stiff Show. Thank you to Jenna Garcia for coming on. Sorry she couldn't finish out this second segment. Uh, Gordon, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, really enjoyed having this conversation with you and getting to reminisce over what was one of the most fun moments we've had in the Nuggets history over the last three to five years, I would say. It was a good time. Like uh, these are these are those moments that are fun where you get to watch something you haven't seen before. Is it just a blip on the radar? Maybe, but it was a fun blip, uh, and I'll be looking forward to more of them. We're gonna see whether they can whether they can keep it up. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning into this episode of the Denver Stiff Show. Won't have a show up tomorrow. Uh, we we covered a lot over this one. I, I doubt that we're gonna get a bunch of news over the course of the next couple of days. But if we do, if something major breaks, then then we'll cover it here. Uh, Thank you so much for tuning in, and I'll talk to you guys next week.